Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Ask the Industry podcast, episode 133. I'm comedian Simon Kane, and for those of you new to the show, this is the podcast where I interview the most influential people from the worlds of stand-up, comedy, radio, and today, the South African comedy festival circuit. Eddie Kassar is a publicist by trade who fell into promoting a comedy festival after helping run the PR for the first ever Red Nose Day. This podcast is awesome. It goes into a lot of detail of the history of South Africa and comedy in the country country as well as the festival and the way that the negative things that have happened in the country's past have positively shaped its present and future. I got a lot out of this. I really enjoyed hearing how adversity has created so many opportunities and created some amazing comedy. I think anyone looking into starting a festival or currently running a festival could learn loads about sponsorships and the financial backing of corporate entities, as well as how to grow an audience for performers. He gets into it in a lot more detail and it's going to be very fascinating for you, but he just sells out every year. Like, he doesn't even have to really do much because he's got so many uh, promotion sponsors and corporate sponsors and is so embedded in the zeitgeist of that city that he just runs it he just has to go around booking it which obviously is a lot of work but what a beautiful thing to not have to worry about ticket sales are the most frustrating part of shows as far as i'm concerned and to know you're going to sell out every year to know that the festival could expand by a day every year and it would still go well it's it's a really inspiring podcast to listen to i'm still in quarantine and i'm guessing you are as well too given that the entire circuit has come to a standstill in every area of the arts as a result i have zero money coming in from shows and i am still having to cancel festivals a few months ahead of time as a result i would love it if you had some money if you could donate it my way there is a coffee link which essentially means you can give me like three or four dollars i can't remember what it is for a cup of coffee unfortunately i can't go out and actually buy a cup of coffee but you know you can give me that amount of money just through their donation system you can also give me a one-off via paypal uh, or you can become a patron from one dollar which means you get these episodes ad-free and ahead of other people. Do you think this episode's worth $1 or 80p? I think it is. I think it's worth more than that. But at the moment, if that is what you can give, that is what you can give. Any and all amounts are amazingly appreciated and I can't thank you enough for supporting me through these absolutely brutal times. Uh, I've also started a podcast called Simon Kane Quarantine and uh, I'm releasing episodes on a regular basis about, it's just a bit of chat really, it's just me chatting into a mic about things that I've seen in the news and positivity and trying 
trying not to go insane in the current climate. I mean, the fact that I'm sitting in my room talking to a microphone on my own and releasing it to the internet is probably a sign that I'm going insane, but let's, let's assume that I'm fine. If you're new here, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button. If you're old here, please don't forget to give us an honest, ideally positive review in iTunes. And either way, please do join the Facebook group. It's called RC Industry Podcast, and it's on Facebook. Obviously, I'm going to be doing a lot of pods over Skype in the next couple of weeks. And if you want to get your questions asked to the influential people in the industry that currently doesn't exist and is falling apart, that's the best place to do it. So join today. But for now, this is Eddie Kassar. I'm a publicist by trade and I uh, was fortunate to publicize uh, a jazz festival at our national arts festival in the late 80s, early 90s. And the national arts festival is called the Grahamstown Festival. It was uh, politically very important because it was uh, almost left alone, this is during apartheid years, by the, uh, by the security police and basically a lot of theatre was uh, anti-establishment and anti-apartheid theatre. And it became a hotbed for anti-apartheid theatre. There was a very strong jazz festival that was created by a colleague of mine who asked me to publicise it and it, was, it used to be sponsored by Smirnoff for the vodka people. In the early 90s, there were two comedians uh, at the festival. Now, this festival in, uh, African, in the African context is large. In the international context, it's not that big. But there must have been 500 shows a day, possibly. There were two comedians, so-called comedians, and both of them used their stage as anti-establishment, anti-apartheid messaging. One of them was a very famous guy by the name of Peter Dirk Ace. He's terribly famous back home. He's a man in his, in his 70s and dedicated his life to satire. And the other one was a musician, come musical theater expert by the name of David Kramer, who highlighted the ills of apartheid through musical theater. And that was in the early 90s. We became a new country in 1994. And in 1995, there were 22 stand-ups at the festival. And I saw in my mind's eye that we should be showcasing these, uh, these folk. I tried to convince Smirnoff to give me money to put on a comedy festival. And it took me three years, but in 1997, the, the first comedy festival in South Africa was held over, I think it was then three weeks, and I was bowled over by the response. It has grown and evolved over the, that period of time into the country's largest comedy festival, obviously the oldest. It now runs in a similar form, but it, um, it showcases South African stand-up comedians and interspersed them with international variety acts. And it's become almost like a rites of passage for the local population to go to. And that is what we now call the Cape Town Funny Festival. That's the answer. How's the scene? Mm. How's the comedy scene? And other festivals, there are other festivals. In all the centers, in Johannesburg, in Durban, in uh, Bloemfontein, there are others in Cape Town, but not as long and, might I say, uh, not as successful as the, the Cape Town Funny Festival. However, what has also happened is that apartheid was a terrible thing over many reasons. But one of the, the major things was that it made South Africa feel that it wasn't part of Africa. So result is we were unaware that there were other countries north of us. The beautiful thing of cultural association is that festivals have 
have been created or maybe were there beforehand in Zimbabwe, in Rwanda. Rwanda, Kigali, Kigali is the capital of Rwanda, has one of them, has a fantastic theatre festival. Now this is the country that in 1994 went through a, a genocide, killing a million people in a month. Africa is fascinating in that way. How do we stand in the rest of the continent? I have no real idea, but as far as the country goes, we're a, we're a, a leader in the field. So many questions off that. So let's start with, okay, so Smirnoff as a sponsor and the government impact on comedy as as an art form in the country. How many comedians were there when you started doing the festival? Uh, uh, Two to uh, to, to, to 22. 22, sorry. There were 22. uh, This is the the jazz at at the Grahamstown Festival. So there were 22 comedians. How many of them were using it as a political platform at that point? Do you you mainly have political comedians or is it... No, we have both. But at that time, everything was... The country started discovering its own people. Yeah. Because apartheid was, was, was very successful in keeping people apart on all levels, mm. from schooling to beaches to uh, buses to, mm. to everything. We, we started to discover each other. And most, a lot of the comedy was laughing at each other's, at each other, yep. in the, uh, and discovering that black folks do this, so-called colored folks uh, do this, Asian folks do this, and white folks do that, and laugh at each other. Mm. Uh, it was... Um, it's still done up to a point and very cleverly done up mm. to a point. And how many of those people embrace comedy? Most of them. Mm. Uh, embraced uh, politics? Most of them. Mm. Because we discovered that there were other people with uh, different, uh, with similar thoughts. Mm. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, was a lovely, it was a lovely time in South Africa, this, this period of transition. And diversity breeds good comedy of course yeah and and i don't want to go all the way and and rush an, uh, 30 years forward but or 20 odd years forward but the situation in the country the diversity of the country and the history of the country the history of colonialism and this breaking of borders and people discovering each other if you put a witty person intelligent smart elegant into a situation like that you're going to find Trevor Noah. Mm-hmm. And that's where he comes from. And uh, he's been on our show many times. And we've worked together since the early two, uh, 2000s. Mm-hmm. I had nothing to do with his development at all. Right. We were just uh, enablers. We, we, in, uh, the festival enabled him to get an, um, a bigger audience. And mm. at the end of the day, it's all him. It's no one else. Mm. You know, he's, uh, stand-up comedy is exactly that. It's about yep. you. Exactly. It's a terribly difficult art form. I, I think good festivals raise up good voices. I, I genuinely feel like, in particular, I, I love the Edinburgh Festival, but I feel like that's something it could be doing more of. I feel like they stay too impartial and they're not involved, whereas I find localised festivals, like, like this one, like Perth and stuff, really, really try and build up the, the local scene as well as bring in people. And it sounds like that's something... I mean, you, we were talking about your competition yesterday yeah. to try and find the next Trevor. Well, well, well that's, uh, that's... As an art form that has uh, its basis in language mm. and in talking and the spoken word. Storytelling amongst, amongst African heritage is hugely important. Yeah, completely. Because uh, that's how history... They yeah. uh, didn't used to write the stuff down. Your father used to tell you because his father told him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that tradition is still very strong. Good storytellers usually make good comedians, yeah. firstly. Secondly, is that what we do back home, African folk have embraced stand-up comedy and the stand-up mm. comedy scene is 
is basically the top 15 comics in the country are mostly are mostly African. 90% of them are African. Firstly, secondly, is that we got into contact with the folk who do, who run comedy clubs, the so-called townships. It was a fabulous eye-opener for me because I, I partnered two of these, three of these guys. One guy has won a UNESCO prize for converting tin shacks into theatres. That's amazing. And he goes to the established theatres in town, opens up their storerooms, gets the old sound desks, the old lights, and anything else, and old seats and whatever, mm. and brings them into the township and creates theatre in the township. Now, these places exist, and they, they're doing Pilates in the morning, uh, 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 supervised homework in the afternoon, and flamenco in the evening. <laughs> Besides having uh, stand-up comedy uh, mm. shows and whatever, it's fascinating to see. Mm. And uh, beside you, there are goats running around, and uh, it's it's super interesting. Yeah, I, I partnered with these guys at the taxi ranks and in taxis and on the vernacular radio stations. We promoted that we're looking for new comics. Do you want to get into this industry? Mm. And the prize being a three-minute spot on the Cape Town Funny Festival. It was, it was magnificent what came out. And we've learned along the way that a lot of these young guys, even though they're urbanized, and even though they speak uh, better English than you and I, are performing in the vernacular, which is their market. Yeah. And there's some, uh, some colleagues of mine, some, uh, some comics up north, that are filling 8,000-seater stage, stadiums for comedy in the vernacular. The populace has embraced stand-up comedy. So we run this competition... And we, it was, an, I've done it for three years now, it was four, five years now, and I think four of the five guys that have won, people that have won the award, are still performing stand-up, which is wonderful, or yeah. copywriters, or, or, yeah. or, or, or. Completely, yeah. completely. I'm, I'm just trying to paint a picture of uh, the, the whole of the country in, in relation to the festival yeah. within governmental policies because like you said that's obviously been a big impact yeah. and, I, and, I, and I wondered because you, you, we spoke a lot before you know yesterday yeah. about sponsors and how yeah. they've impacted the festival yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah. Um, I, th- I think what's really interesting is Smirnoff is not a brand that I would personally associate with one that would take a risk on a comedy festival in a country like South Africa if, if I'm being blunt and you said it took three years. H- how hard was it? I mean, what, what was what was the process like of trying to convince them to... Could, could, could you have done it without a sponsor, for example? Uh, no. No, Defin- okay. Definitely not. Well, let's talk about that. So, so how Definitely not. Unlike the rest of the Western world, or uh, the world that, that, that I travel to, uh, the UK and Europe and uh, Australia now, take Australia, we're at, at Adelaide Fringe at the moment. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen poor people at all. I, and poor people in my country are poor. In other words, that uh, Trevor Noah can, in, in his book, there are nights that he goes to bed without, without eating. So result is that this country doesn't know poor people. Everybody seems to be of a certain class that, that can lead a normal life and pay their bills, etc. Et in our country, there are 58 million people. The government has to house them, feed, uh, um, hus- um, uh, uh, create hospitals, create schools, create... So there is, there is a very, very small history of sponsoring the arts through government. So it falls on commerce to, to pick up that um, uh, slack. That slack. Our media are very good at promoting stuff like new festivals, the arts, and this, that, whatever. So the result is that it was a natural for Smirnoff to get involved with something that was, that, hold it, this is new, this is cool, this is, is mm. going to work. 
and they lived with me for seven years and uh, did extremely well. I learned in that time mm. what sponsors are looking for. Yeah. I, as I gave a briefing yesterday on sponsorship and the arts and mm. whatever in, in my country, I had to change some of the, the content of my show to make it more acceptable to the masses to attract sponsorship. Mm. Because you, well, in my country, you can't take money from a, a company that is that operates in the mass market and then possibly insult that mass market because, you know, it's going land, to yep. land up in problems. So that's the story. So, so there's, two, there's two things you've said yeah. um, separately, but they're the same thing, I feel. You've said most successful comedy festival yes. and, mo- and, very, and, and the sponsor did very well. Yes. I'm wondering how you gauge both those things. Like, what's, what's your measure of success? Okay. Uh, measure of success as far as uh, the public goes are t- uh, bums on seats. Bums on seats. And okay. for the last six years, uh, we get 700 people a night for 30 shows, 21,000 people, and and that's exactly what happens. Is okay. uh, it's uh, it's a very popular festival. Okay. Firstly, so, so it sells out. It so sells out. Yeah. Correct. And, and can I ask, is that repeat people? Is that new people? Like how I did the research yep. a couple of years ago, to 2018, and 40% of the people had been to two to five of my festivals okay. and 90% of the people um, said they'd come back again next year even not knowing the bill. Yep. So this, this is, that's a question I'll come back to. Yep. But okay, so, so how, and how do you measure the sponsors? So, and the sponsors yep. is that we work in uh, increments of three years. <laughs> if, they spon- mm. if, they, if they sign a game for three years, it's working for them. Mm. But Jive is a cool drink. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a flavored, uh, they've got different flavors. And it's winter, June, July is Southern Hemisphere winter. That's when I am mm-hmm. in, for numerous reasons. They bring in, I, it took me a couple of years to convince them to use the sponsorship. But what their ad agency came up with was, let's make another flavor and call it the funny flavor. And so that's what they did. And mm. that tastes totally different, looks totally different, and is, is specific to the festival and carries the festival's logo, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, if they're spending money in developing mm. that, obviously it's working. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so is that only available for the month of the festival? It's then? limited, correct. It's only available. That's correct. amazing. Correct. That's a great sponsor. And what, and what, it, hap- uh, what it does is uh, the local Tesco's or the local mm. supermarkets, whatever, who to get your stuff onto those shelves is very difficult, especially the cool drink shelves. Mm. The cool drink shelves are very quiet in winter. They sell when it's hot. So it allows them the opportunity to get prime space in winter and sell a product which they would normally not sell. Yeah, definitely. So it, it's, it works. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, it's, it's in uh, June, July, yeah. which is your winter. Correct. And you said there are reasons for that. Yeah. And I'd love to go into sort of, because it's always interesting, because it sounds like given that you weren't as aware of other festivals when you were first starting it up, most festivals, so for example, this one is ran now because other festivals are run before and after it, so it fits in Correct. to the touring circuit. Correct. So why did you pick winter to do a festival? Because... Uh, I uh, because m- most of my comics are up north in Johannesburg. Okay, they need to be housed. Right, it costs a fortune to house them in a tourist city like Cape Town mm-hmm. in the summer, but in winter the hotels have got space. Right, so result is that that was the the defining object number one. Today we've had the same hotels sponsor us with bed and breakfast for nothing for the last eleven years because it works for their it works for their staff. It's a staff motivation thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, they get tickets and this, that, whatever, and they uh, they get to know all the comics, and they 
it's just it, it works for them. Mm. So you, you said that about forty percent have come to a few before, yes, at, least, at least maybe up to five. Correct. And ninety percent are going to come back next year, correct. Regardless of lineup, correct. So that brings me into how you're scouting for talent. Yeah. What you're looking for, and how often you have to rotate acts, and how often you can rotate acts, because obviously there's only a limited number of comedians in 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 your country. Yeah. So so. Give me sort of a feel for that. Like, how often are you looking for? I mean, you're here now. Okay, I'm here now, yep. and I'm look and and I look for acts, variety acts, mm-hmm. magicians, circus folk, musicians, stand-up comics with something different, who can put together an impactful piece with a high energy ending in 12 mm-hmm. minutes. Right. And that's that's what I look for. That that's a big difference to a lot of people because because a lot of festivals look for hour shows. Yes, yeah. And a lot of festivals are are sort of after a, a, what they would call a product in the sense of what could tour. So so you're very much looking for a shorter spot. Correct. And something punchy that has a beginning, middle, end. Correct. So right. so let's let's talk about somebody we know. Uh, yep. Look at uh, Tapeface. Okay. Boy, yeah. Oh, face. I love Sam. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's Sam Wills and whatever mm-hmm. he. He can put together an 11-minute piece, a 12-minute mm-hmm. piece, super in fact impactful. Oh yeah, super different. Yep. There's a guy by the name of uh, out of the UK, Kev, uh, called Kev Orkian. He's an Armenian pianist uh, who does uh, Victor Borga stuff, mm. but he packages it in such a way, 11, 12 minutes, and hugely impactful. That's very important for me mm. because I find that the point of difference between other festivals where it's one stand-up after another, you could put on a really great guy as the, the second last act on the show, and the audience is tired. I can make the audience relax with Sam Wills, with Boy With Tape, mm. or with Kev Orkin, or with the circus act and whatever. And the next guy that comes on after that, who is a, a, a pure stand-up that people have to concentrate to listen to, mm. does extremely well because the person is relaxed. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. So, so when you're doing your lineups. Yeah. Do you know the percentages of circus to Usu- burlesque? Usu- I assume no, maybe no, no, burlesque. Usually, I have uh, four stand-ups. Okay. And three special acts. Uh, a, a night. The same show for thirty nights. Okay. A night. Yeah. So the the show is four four local comics. Yep. And three international speciality acts. And that stays the same for the whole run. Correct. And in the seven hundred seater. Correct. So most people would come to one night. They wouldn't come to a whole. And if they found Sam Wills uh, so fantastic or the piano so fantastic, some come to two or three times. Well, that's great. Yeah. And and I assume that's part of your surveying where you're saying who would you like to see back? Correct. Right. So they they have an impact on your booking as well. They they do do yes. And I've found some people who come to me in, in the auditorium uh, after the show or before the show and say, I've been to every single one, every year I've been to your show. And so we've started a thing called uh, Funny Fanatics. And, and we talk to them throughout the year. They know that I'm in Adelaide at the moment, what I'm looking for, etc. And we keep, uh, we, we, we converse throughout the year. Mm. Yeah, and telling them what, what I'm going to try and put on, etc., etc. So, so it sounds like, because a lot of festival founders are not, as hands-on as you are, yeah. so it sounds like they know who you are. Yeah, they do do. Right. They do do. Yeah. So, so are you? Are you part of the branding, if you like? Is there? Is there? I'm not. Okay. I'm not. Uh, however, because my uh, my audience don't know the special acts that I bring in. They know the local comedians. Mm. They don't know the special acts I bring in. And I sell tickets five months before we open. My logo has become very. 
powerful in the sense that they see my logo, the Cape Town Funny Festival, and they it's, oh, oh, hold it, hold it, we better book. And we have built up, uh, because of its, con- of its clean content, mm. we've built up many corporate clients who buy full houses. And there's a discount structure that I, I can offer. If you buy one ticket, it's X amount. If you buy 650 or uh, 674 tickets, it's much less. And yep. charities can start making money on that. And because we have the reputation that we are clean and mm. we're not going to insult anybody, it's an easy sell. So every act has to be clean? It's in their contract. Right. It's in their contract that, I, uh, that no profanities, right. no blasphemy. And it's a curated festival. You want to do it? Great. I've never had to sit down with anybody to say, just keep that out, because I do my research. Of course, yeah. of course. No, I'm, I'm wondering if you see an act, yeah. because you're going to see our shows here. Yeah. So if you went and saw an hour show, how you have that conversation of, I mean, it's in the contract, but do you, sit, do you say to them, hey, look, I'd love to have you in my festival. You couldn't do that bit because it's got swearing in. Correct. Like, how, do you approach I, I, it like I, that? You're you just very say, open you about can it. Say, you can say fuck, and you can say cunt, and puss, and whatever, mm. so, but once. Right. You know, yeah, uh, not the whole 12 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, um, and um, the world's a dangerous place. Mm. The world's become a very dangerous place. And I don't want to, I don't want, uh, you are, you're going to, to enjoy. I'm not going to, ch- we are, our objective is to entertain. Our objective is, our objective is not to challenge. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, it's, I'm, I'm upfront about it. You can criticize that, you know, it doesn't challenge you and it doesn't make you think and mm. this. Our objective and is to, it, it's a great night out. That's what That's it is. It. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of our shows. Yeah. Is there a reason, do you, do you go to clubs to see like 10 minute, 15 minute sets? Is there I a reason why you don't do that? No, or? no, no, I oh, do, you do, do do that. I, okay. I love showcases. Okay. Because th- th- I, s- I then see the, uh, the performer in the format that I exactly. yeah, I'm yeah, wanting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I wish there were more for my uh, showcase, uh, like that gala that we went to in the opening, yep. uh, which is great to see that. And there's a magician here, Chambers, okay, yeah, an yeah. American magician, uh, magician who did extremely well on America's Got Talent. You know, he's he's made for my show. Mm. Yeah. So there we yeah. go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the UK, yeah. In particular, at the moment, we have a we have a diversity quota, and we're trying to push for you know uh, sort of more splits in gender, more splits in ethnicity. Good. I think it's a great plan and it's, and it's moving Good. forward in, in yeah. certain ways that I'm questioning and certain ways I'm happy about. Yeah. But I'm wondering whether, where you're from, is there that? Is there any pressure on you? Do you have people yeah. saying, we want more of a certain... Yes, there are. You do? Okay. And it's mostly from the white guys. Oh, really? Because, because the black guys have taken over completely. Right. And it's fresh. So this is the other way. You know, it's the other way around. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's firstly. And also... I like to educate people on different forms of comedy. Of course. Uh, uh, is, uh, is the bubble show comedy? You know, is the bubble show, have you seen the adult I'm bubble I'm going to show? see it tomorrow night. It's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a fantastic show. Yeah, it is it, great. Is it comedy? I want to educate, anything that makes you laugh at the mm. end of the day is entertaining and yeah, comedic. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we try and do. Yeah. Because by doing that, there are many folk, poorer folk, who haven't lived in theatres, mm. haven't been to theatre, to say, just hold it, this guy's put a tape over his <laughs> mouth and he's earning a living around the world. Yeah. Not only is he earning the living around the world, there's no spoken word, so he can do India and China and yep. uh, uh, places with different languages. and So it's, it educates people as well. Yeah. yeah. They, they just so need to know so the is there a quota? My problem is finding female comics, good female comics. And I'm not putting anybody onto the festival <laughs> just for quota. Yeah, of reasons. course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's... That's a thing that intermittently sometimes has happened in the UK where yeah. people are getting things for those yeah. reasons. And it is, 
interesting how we are viewed as a result of that around the world because equally you don't want to put someone on who isn't good yeah. just because of what's between their legs absolutely yeah absolutely and i and i just wonder what pressures you have because i've, I've uh, never I, I if there is criticism of the show well obviously there, there always is one of the major criticism is there are not enough female comics but generally in south africa there aren't enough female comics okay and i find that that when it comes to to uh, the filth barometer Female comics are filthier than boys in in South Africa. In South Africa, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So result is that uh, they feel they have to be. Okay. I feel, and that's not on for me. You know, it's not. It you doesn't fit do into it. my. No, uh, that that's the difference yeah. between an open access and a yeah. curated festival. I got a call yesterday from a colleague of mine, who told me, "Oh, you should see this girl's uh, this girl's act uh, that I saw. Uh, she, this guy saw the other day, and this uh, whatever is is she? She's fantastic. I hadn't looked at her in the past because she does a whole lot of uh, sexual stuff and whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a point and go and see her again. Yeah, yeah. There we go." She could be doing a clean show, she could be doing a kid's Correct. show, anything. Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah, definitely, Correct. definitely. Yeah. Have you ever performed stand-up? Me? Yeah. Never. Never. No, I'm, I'm petrified of the, of the stage. Okay. Totally petrified. I'm, I'm only interested because uh, a lot of stand-ups in the UK start their own festival in their hometown. Yes, yeah. And I was curious as to whether, because you obviously run a PR agency. Yes, correct. And I'm curious as to whether like sort of you feel it might have gone a different way if you had performed or if you were a performer possibly and whether PR possibly and whether possibly. being a PR has really yeah. informed yeah. The, the sponsorship side my my uh, if I look back on this festival mm. uh, the strength of the success of this festival is is in is in its foundation yeah that it's it's its foundation as far as marketing goes and publicity goes and sponsorship goes was was very strongly done mm. and i think that that has stood the test of time yep. artistically literally there's a comic in, in johannesburg that says uh, they call my show eddie's show uh, eddie's festival oh he puts on comics that he likes and then comes every night and that's basically yeah. very true yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so i've done my research on your on your background in pr yeah and I think the most interesting one for this conversation is that you were involved in the first ever Red Nose Day. Yes, I was. Yes. Yes. And I'm that curious. was in the 80s. Yes. Yeah. And I'm curious whether that helped you get the first couple of sponsors and get the festival no, going. No, no, or no. Whether it, that cer was it certainly did. It yes. certainly did. There's no doubt. And also. What was your involvement? Because I, I couldn't my involvement quite find all I put on I put on Red Nose Day in Cape Town. Right. And a national television company mm. did, the f did a nine-city broadcast for the whole day. And basically, we had to prepare a bible of what was going to happen on your stage at 1008 right. and then 1012 and and the and the directors would come to you and say at 1012 we come to cape town that thing's going to be so you had to run yeah. a really tight ship it was all entertainment and most of the people i used were local comics and that was in the 80s yeah who were just funny people or funny singers so it was like the first festival you did in a way. It, it certainly was the first one that I did, yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And, and what did that do to, to the spotlight of comedy in Cape Town? Did, did it sort of springboard you off into this? Or what, what was the... It, uh, it, it may have, mm. but subconsciously. In yeah. the sense that, uh, just hold it, you know, this, there, was a, there was a comic by the name of Mark Banks. Yeah. And Peter Dirk Ace I've spoken about. Mm -hmm. that these guys are icons of the industry even today. Just following them and just, uh, yeah, maybe did do subconsciously. Mm. I, I love the stage. Mm -hmm. I'm super frightened of it. But, uh, but um, yeah, I love what I do. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, 
uh, one of the more interesting things we talked about that, that I think separates your festival from a lot of festivals I've ever spoken to yeah. was uh, the way you look after artists uh. and the way you, you treat artists. Yeah. Um, because obviously it's a curated festival. You have a one-on-one relationship with Correct. artists. And, and it's not as much, you know, you apply, you pay a higher fee and then you just go and do the thing. Yeah. It's, it's you, you kind of have hands-on. And you were telling me how you take them on excursions and yeah. how you, look, you, you well, put them up. Well, we, we, took, we lived together for a month. Right. So, oh, so you live in the hotel with them? No, no, I'm not. Oh, okay, we, we live together for a month. We see each other most days, mm. every night. That's firstly. The second point is that post-1994, the world discovered what a beautiful city Cape Town is. There is a big initiative back home to celebrate and enjoy your city in winter. Because in summer, you can't. Mm-hmm. It's just too packed. Cool. To go up Table Mountain, you're going to burn your clutch going up the hill because the traffic is so bad getting to the cable car that you forget it. So our winter initiative, and because I've been around for a long time, with the, the city authorities, is my 20,000 people who come to the festival are the market for the tourism, uh, tourism industry in Cape Town uh, in winter. Somebody has to go up the, up the cable car, the X amount of tourists that come in June, July, but it is cold and it can be rainy if we don't have a drought or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the result is that I've tailored, I've gotten to, I've, I've gotten to association with many of the, of, the, of the excursion people and to keep my comics happy. We have a high tea on the top of Table Mountain. We go to 200, meter, 200 kilometers out of Cape Town. There's a big five-game reserve. We overnight there one Sunday night. We spend two days, Sunday there and Monday there. We go to the oldest wine farm in Cape Town, and we have a meal and taste the local wines. We uh, go to Cape Point. Cape, the Cape Point is the, the point of the continent where the two oceans meet. Mm. We, go and, uh, we go there. They're penguins and seals mm. and whales, and we go and see them. So every week, after week one, because we're so busy week one, of course, week two, two, week two, three, and four, the excursions that we go out on, whatever. The red bus, the city sightseeing bus, is 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 uh, strongly associated with the festival. So the so reason we do that, number one, is to show people Cape Town, and number two, I have found that a, a happy artist. Uh, you give an artist a couple of things. You keep them happy. You give them a full show, a full audience. Uh, you stroke their ego, and you pay them, and they'll do anything for you. Mm. And that's basically what the uh, the premise of this whole thing is: is that it's a very happy festival, and hence it's easier for me to recruit people to come from the UK or Australia, which is a hell of a long way away. Mm. To come to, and our exchange rate isn't that good. So the result is that I can't pay you the rates that you could get at another festival or doing two or three gigs back home or whatever. Mm. Hello, let's take a break from this pod. But how interesting and amazing is this episode? I, I love it when a episode comes along in an area of the industry that is just different. It's just really interesting and different and such a exciting breath of fresh air to hear how the festival takes place, where it takes part, the narrative and the structure of how they put together the show, people and how, how the people and the audiences take to that and 
how it works and how differently it works out in another country. I love this sort of thing because the amount of times I apply for a festival and they're like, cool, do you have an hour show? And I'm like, yeah. And that's it. That's that's the structure. You do an hour or you do nothing or you might do a split, but that's it. Whereas to do a showcase gala as a festival, what a cool idea. I'm loving it. I gotta eat. So here comes a short word from our advertiser. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I hope you got an advert. Um, I checked the other day and the number of adverts my pod is getting is lower than usual. And it is usually quite low anyway, meaning I get less money than usual. So if you have some money, I'd really appreciate a donation. I'm still putting these together. They are currently my only source of um, consistent income. So any and all money that you can chuck my way would be really appreciated. I don't mind how big or small your donation is. Any and all money is very much appreciated at the moment. So uh, yeah, check out the links in the show notes. You can send me a donation via coffee. You can send me one via PayPal and you can send me one uh, you can become a patron from $1 per pod and you get them ad free so if that appeals to you in any way shape or form get on it in the second half we are going to go into more detail on how he got his first sponsors how the festival sponsors have shaped the festival and how they continue to impact which acts can and can't perform at the festival you're going to love it if you come this far you're really going to enjoy this let's dive back in yeah it's it's making up for that and in well many done. ways it sounds like I don't want to say it's like a holiday, but essentially there's no promotion on the act. They don't have to do any like you know flyering or no, no, ticket no, no, sales no, or anything no, like that. No. It's all on you. Yeah. But it's always full. Yeah. And so they just turn up, do their 12 minutes, and then the rest of the day and is their own, or they can come on excursions. Well done. Exactly yeah. that. And and the hotels on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. So so it is in many ways uh, a nicer festival for a holiday esque kind of vocation. Correct. Now you'll see this afternoon mm. where we have the um, the hive. Yeah. Yeah. How many people run towards my desk mm. because the art, because the artists talk? Yes, they do all the festivals. Oh, yeah. They're here in Adelaide. That's why I emailed it. And they talk. <laughs> <laughs> they talking to each other. And whatever they say, what what do you do this year? I mm. did this this. Oh, and I went to Cape Town, and we've become a bit of a blue chip festival mm. for artists to do. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Because equally, even though your exchange rate's lower, yeah, to get into sort of businessy numbers on this, you also do less t- stage time. 
as a result. You do, so, so you you'll do maximum 12 minutes, except the MC's got longer. Yeah, so That's so it. you would be paid less anyway as a result of doing sort no, of less time? No. No? Okay. No, 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 no. I, uh, you know, there's a... There's, there's like a flat rate. Yes, there's a flat rate. And obviously, uh, if you're a huge profile person, there's a better rate, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That's how most festivals work. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Tre- Trevor Noah would get more than... Uh, Trevor Noah <laughs> would get more. Trevor Noah <laughs> took, I think, six or seven months to cash my, my checks. Really? Yeah. Because he's just busy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. That's, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, you you scout for acts personally. That's Correct. You and and J- Jane is it? Jane is Jane, my wife. Jane, your wife. Yeah. So she isn't involved in that side of it. She's not. She's involved in the administration. Okay. Which is as important. Oh, as of course. Yeah. Of course. No, I just wondered whether no, she no, no, travels as well. No, no, she doesn't. Because I know you've told me now you don't go to the Edinburgh Festival due to health reasons. Correct. Yeah. And that's why you come to this festival. Well, that's how it started. Uh, three yep. years ago, I had my knees replaced. Yep. Came August, and I hadn't recovered totally, and mm. I said to my Myself, I, I actually can't face walking all those no. steps and cobbles. I can't. And I'm yeah. With, with, <laughs> with two with two recovering knees, mm. a lot of artists mm-hmm. had told me, "Have you ever tried Adelaide?" I said, "It's too far away. Mm. It's too far." It's, but you'll find uh, you're the type of artist that you're looking for much easier, and it's summer and etc. I came here three years ago. I haven't left. Mm. It really is an impressive festival mm. no, yeah. I, I've loved it I yeah. thought it's been amazingly well run and it's, it's been a uh, and, and how they help uh, yeah. promoters and how they help artists mm. that learning curve the first time is done so quickly for you yep. what you what you what you try and learn in four or five years in Edinburgh I learned in one yep. in, and the contact is easy yep. and so it, it's, it's it's certainly been it's certainly been a, a worthwhile long haul trip Definitely. Yes. That that's really interesting from my perspective because the British circuit is so Edinburgh centric, as you as you know. Yes. Yeah. That the, I think speaking about a much smaller festival. Yeah. I mean, every festival smaller than Edinburgh, but a yeah. much smaller festival in such a positive light from an industry point of view yeah. is massively interesting, especially for my audience. Yeah. Because. Everyone I know who goes to Edinburgh has a goal and an industry target, and or even even if yeah. it's not a person, it's a general area. Yeah. From my perspective of coming to this one, the outlay is higher. I'm not going to say that the, the cost isn't going to be more. Yeah. But the level to which you have access to talk to people. I mean, I, I come and sit around here and I do. So we're, I mean, we're in Fringe Central. Yeah, I'm Effectively what Fringe Central would be. It's called Fringe Club here. Yeah. And, I, and you get talking to people and everyone's just friendlier. Correct. Lovelier. Correct. Um, they're, they're less. Uh, I've, even though you said, you know, people do flock at you. Yeah. I feel like it's less intense than at the interesting, festival interesting, um, yeah. and it feels like everyone's kind of just enjoying this yeah, at their own pace whereas yeah. in Edinburgh it feels like it's a race to get to the end and, and yeah, do correct, well and correct, get an award correct, you know? so, correct so that brings me to my next question about um, awards and how you see them and whether they translate because obviously if you win the Edinburgh award yeah. it's, it's, sometimes that helps in Adelaide it doesn't always help in Perth for example That's does it make a difference in Cape Town I'm sure it does do you know I look when you look at the programme mm. which is still so difficult for me to ascertain who is really great or mm. and I'm looking for that gem that's been undiscovered or that does something totally different etc oh sorry can I ask do you yeah. mean undiscovered for Cape Town or undiscovered generally generally okay fine generally because I'm imagining that you know Tapeface might not have ever been covered in Cape Town when you brought him over but he was doing Britain's Got Talent and he's getting bigger and bigger uh, except that we, knew, we we got hold of him before that oh, okay, okay. Paul Zerden yeah. as well I just loved his work mm. and before uh, I, I think he came over in 
in mm. 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, so before he, he made it great or whatever. Yeah. So, um, and I meant it in the, do you know, Searching for Sugar Man, the, the film? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean um, it in that way. A friend like, of mine was the searcher. Oh, was he? Yes. Amazing. Steven Siegerman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's what I meant in that way. Yeah. Is, is it a Searching for Sugar Man type yeah, situation yeah, yeah. where you're looking for someone that's who hasn't been discovered so here? So much so there was a comic. Do you know Earl Oaken? I, oh, I do, yes. Yeah. I love him. He, uh, the, 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 the guitarist. Sexiest guitar- uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. I brought him over. Oh, amazing. Um, numerous times. Yeah. And he was fascinated. And he was fascinated with Searching for Sugarman. Yeah. And I introduced him to Stephen uh, Siegerman, who runs a, a record amazing. shop. Yeah, a record yeah. shop in Cape Town. And why? Because Earl Oaken has be- had a documentary made of him. Yes. About certain... I've had him on this. I've Is that so? Him. Yeah, uh, I know him very well. We We've gigged together before in there London. There we go. He's so great. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, result, so, Cape Town, is, well, it's a relatively small city. It's five, uh, f- uh, 4.8 million people, but the industry knows each other. I've been there for over 60 years, mm. and it's, um, so I, I'm well connected as far as that goes. So, mm. just little things like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. So, so yeah. is it a case of you now only come to Adelaide? For show, for no. Okay. No, there's a fantastic festival I'm going to this year as well. It's in Austria. It's called the Linz. Linz. Uh, L-I-N-Z in Austrians. Okay. Uh, which is uh, a street performance festival. Uh, there's some great street performers that mm. come out of there. Actually, I've got a guy coming this year to festival, mm. to Cape Town Festival from Osaka, Japan, that I saw in Linz. Wow. That is a, a Japanese mime. He does. Uh, he's got a whole lot of props, and he does this mime routine to the Beatles song, you say hello and I say goodbye. And yes. that's the way he welcomes you to the festival. Because wow. at the end of the day, the way that he he does this four-minute r- routine and he lays out his props, he lays down the final prop and actually all the props spell hello. That's so clever. Yeah, so, so yeah. that's the type of act that we showcase together with local stand-ups. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So when you, when you were going to the Edinburgh Festival, yeah. What was your remit and what were you looking for? Mostly, strangely enough, mostly in those days, stand-ups. Yep. But I found very quickly the Raymond and Mr. Timkins. Oh, I love them. Yeah, uh, yeah. The oh, we've uh, talked about them before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We've had them uh, numerous times before. And then they start, once a person comes to festival, all they want to do is help you. Mm. To say, you know, if you like what I did, you should be looking at so and so and so and so and so. And so your job is much easier. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Raymond and Mr. Timkins were very good to me. You know, Jamajabat out of Japan. I, I know of them, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. also great. Boy with tape on his face, what he was called in the old days. Yep. I saw it. Uh, walk, I saw working the streets in yeah. Edinburgh. So let, let, let's do this. So let's yeah. go with Tapeface as an example. Yeah. Or we can do Raymond. We, we, we can Whatever. Any, any act you yeah. want. Let's say you've seen them on the street doing an amazing act. Yeah. What's the process of getting them booked? Do you just come up to them after the show? Do you wait? I come up with the them details? after I wait for them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, face to face. Yep. I give them a card. Yep. I used to give them an envelope. Okay. With a with a, an introductory letter saying, "Hi, I'm Eddie Kasai. I run this festival, etc., etc., etc." In the past, these people have been on. Mm. Please feel free to contact them because I found in, uh, that I just want to be open and mm. uh, so they know who they're dealing with and they can phone them, their agents yep. or whatever. Just what you know about Eddie and Cape Town and this, yep. that, whatever, and give them a f- uh, and they feel a bit more confident mm. and. 
that's the story. I don't give that letter anymore for some reason because people know the festival. Yeah, it's they, sort of they, like everybody speaks to one another. You know, the Raymond and Mr. Timkins and this and that and whatever. It's what we talked about yesterday, where I yeah. said level one is who, you, what you know. Correct. Level two is who you know. Correct. And level three is who knows you before yeah, you've even true. met them. Very true. And and at this stage of your festival, very um, true. even if they don't know every person that's performed yeah. Yeah. You, there's a network enough I'm bringing out a, a British comic a British kids magician come comedian so you'll find with kids because they're clean so it's a, a guy by the name of, of Graham Matthews oh yeah he's, he's not very well known in the UK mm. and he was very scared he's at a place called Essex mm. he's, he's, uh, he did Britain's I Got know Talent him. yes he did Britain Got Talent he wears really loud shirts and he did reasonably well yes. on Britain Got Talent but I'll, he's got a huge personality mm. and I asked him are you interested in coming out and he was very skeptical he hadn't toured before and this that whatever so I sent him that letter mm. and obviously he did his homework and mm. Raymond and Mr. Tungle said are you crazy you better go yeah 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 that type of thing. because, because yeah. that's a month of work that's a month of work it's a month of work yeah. yes it is and now what we've become what we've what we started to offer is that a month is a long time if you want your family or your wife or your child or whatever to come out for 10 days, pay the flights, I'll do the rest. Okay, so you'll put them up in the hotel. I'll with put them up stuff. in the hotel. They'll come, to the, uh, come on these dates. I can take you to the game reserve. Uh, do this and whatever. You can go up on Table Mountain with us. You can enjoy all the tourist activities. So it, better. it's better. It's the easiest sell festival I could ever <laughs> think about. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I've done That's funny. Uh, yeah, I've done, I've done so many for, yeah. you know, like, and, and they've never funny. sort it's of... A, it's a... Listen... Uh, Cape Town is an easy sell. Mm. It's a it's a lovely place. Yeah, it's geographically spectacular. We have our mm. problems. We've got problems with with crime. Mm-hmm. We've got problems with uh, with crime. Be careful how to say that. Fact, uh, but uh, very few tourists are are hassled because they're in the tourist areas and it's well protected, etc. But pre-apartheid, one would look at the country and say, think of Czechoslovakia or Hungary, behind the Iron Curtain, South Africa was similar mm. as such, basically. Post-apartheid, we are very much like Rio de Janeiro, or Brazil, mm. or I think Rio is the best example. Beautiful city, few rich people, many poor people. Anywhere in the world where you've got that, you've got a problem. And that's what, we, uh, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in terms of the safety of the act, that's also factored in. Yeah, of course it is, but yeah. there's never been a problem. Mm. Unless... You go looking they for go shit. looking for yeah, 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 correct. If you're going to look for co- uh, cocaine or uh, <laughs> drugs or girls or rent boys or whatever, which I've been through that years ago, and my selection process is always a call to the agent: Do I need? Is there any baggage I need to know about, mm-hmm. or this, that, whatever? Which I've never had that problem yeah. again. But if you go looking for that shit, yeah. you're going to get into trouble. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, do you only work? Do you work with independent acts, or only acts of agents, or what's what? Usually, your I like to deal with independent acts. Okay. And even if they've got agents, they might uh, might direct me to the agent, but I prefer to deal with the. Yeah. Yeah. I've got no problem dealing with an agent now. I'm dealing. I have a. Uh, a cabaret act coming out of Montreal called mm. Cabaret de- Decadence. They are they are puppeteers. Mm. Beautiful stuff. I'm dealing uh, exclusively with the agent. I have no problem. Yeah. No. Um, no. I, I know that um, because most comedians or a, a large number of particularly performers are not the best with contracts. 
and are not Correct. the best with admin. Correct. So I'm, Correct. So a lot of people like to work with agents. Correct. But obviously that eliminates a lot of people who don't have agents. Yeah. Who might be amazing. Uh, and absolutely. Who often are. Absolutely. So, so I was curious as to yeah. whether there's a restriction yeah. there. There isn't. Okay. And if someone wanted to apply to come and do the festival, could they send you a video? Would you accept videos? No, no, no. Or does no, it have I, to see I, the I live? would do. I would okay. do. I prefer... To, that's why I tour the world I, I, these festivals I prefer to see you live mm. because uh, videos are great and YouTube yeah. is magnificent whatever but there's one ingredient that isn't in there and that's the audience audience yeah yeah and I need to see audience reaction but it would but it would be say someone's listening to us now I've got a big base of performers yeah. who listen to us if they wanted to apply if they send you a video would that enti- that, that'll, that'll entice yeah, you of course but then you'll want to be like where are you gonna be and, and then we develop a relationship and then the guy would uh, tell me Eddie I'm actually in the street at Linz at the mm. Linz Festival in July mm. or I'm uh, Adelaide come see me or this that whatever or if it's strong enough I'll start making my inquiries and phone the Raymond and Mr. Tinkins of the, of, of the world and mm. say you know and they'll tell me oh Eddie they're perfect for your festival mm. because they know the festival and yeah. they know my audience definitely definitely yeah. um, social media yeah you're on a lot of the different channels yeah, I'm useless the at them. I have a person who, who does that for me. But well, I'm, I was gonna ask I'm a dinosaur. You're a dinosaur. Yeah. So you're a technophobe? I'm a, I'm a technophobe. Okay. Yes, I am. Yeah. Even well, holding this microphone freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next, the next half dozen questions might not be applicable then. Let's they see. won't be applicable. Let's see. Yeah. I wonder what your relationship's like with social media. Does it sell tickets? Is it, have you got a main list? Is that this better is for it? This is very interesting. Yeah. There's a guy, uh, a colleague of mine, actually... A comic, one of the big comics in Cape Town, whose first live show was a Smirnoff comedy festival years mm. ago. He now owns a comedy club in Cape Town, mm. a big comedy club in Cape Town. And he told me the other day, and, I, uh, and this makes me think a hell of a lot, I'm good at publicizing events. That's my mm. that's bread and butter. Bread and butter. Mm. Was my bread and butter. Yeah. So result is that he told me, I, uh, I went to the club the other night and it was packed. I said, whoa, Kurt, it really is, your club's doing well. He says, now, but in three months time, it takes me three months to sell a ticket. I said, what do you mean? So he says, depending on the, on the advertising that I do now, I'll fill April. I really? said, what do you mean? So he says, it takes a hell of a long time for people to make decisions. Now, I have always believed that in promoting an event, mm. there's a foundation phase, there's an, an activation phase, mm. an introduction phase, an activation phase, and during the festival, mm. you earn equity. Yep. People say, well, hold it, I'm not going to miss this next year. Mm. And, and that's where the saying, you're only as good as your last event, c- yeah. comes from. In Cape Town, the newspapers have collapsed. Digital has taken over. People are getting all their news uh, from uh, from their phones, etc., etc. And print has gone through. Uh, their circulations have really collapsed. And I used to use print as the the uh, the in, uh, the uh, foundation phase and build up to radio uh, just before the festival and television and this that whatever. Everybody during uh, during the festival and then post anything basically but to sell tickets are cross-referenced print with radio mm-hmm. today social media has taken over from print so three months well five months hence we start talking about it mm. people are, are, are learning back home that uh, that Eddie's in Adelaide and he's doing this and he's looking at so it's all pre 
foundation stuff for Funny Festival. Mm. And it continues all the way through till week minus three, and then we start heavily on radio. It's, uh, the festival itself, etc., etc., etc. And that's what we've done. So social media is terribly important, and getting more important. Completely, yeah. completely. Yeah. And, and that actually... Brings on me, brings me on to a couple of other questions yeah. about the press. Yeah, because I think it looks great on social media if you say I was interviewed in press. If that makes sense, yes. Like if you can screenshot, oh, I got a review in this press. Yes, yes, yes. Then yes. it looks great. Still, still does. But but it's but it's not the actual article that gets people in. If that makes sense. So like if I got uh, if someone in Adelaide today, yeah, put me in like a top five shows of the fringe. Yeah. That article might not bring in people, but my screenshot that goes on Twitter that goes viral because my fans do it will do. Will do. Very true. So, so with being someone who isn't really into social media yes. and isn't really doing that, you're investing into it by getting someone else to do that exactly. for you. Exactly. We have an agency that does our our social media for us. Right. And and uh, actually, just bef- uh, two weeks before I came here, we went through the whole plan for festival 2020 mm-hmm. and what we're doing how we're doing it etc 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 so you know on, uh, on uh, Instagram on, on Twitter on Facebook uh, we we active and people know about uh, and yeah publicity works in a, in a very strange way that every single thing that you say about festival lends to its building lends mm. to its foundation uh, the more you can be out there and talk to people on different channels the better obviously the better definitely yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. it's just yeah. When you open yourself up to that, you obviously have a lot more admin of answering questions as Correct. well. Correct. And so my thinking is, you like what what platforms work in Cape Town? Like, is is it like Facebook sells tickets, but Instagrams where they chat to you? Like, what what are, what are the both those two? Oh, okay, so both no those Twitter. Two. Uh, Twitter's smaller. Yep. But certainly uh, Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Facebook, uh, Facebook, because over the last uh, number of years, we've built up a hell of a lot of followers on Facebook, mm-hmm. and Instagram is getting there. Mm. But those two are very, very important for us. For your business, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and you mentioned clubs in Cape Town. Yes. And, yeah. and the circuit there. Yeah. And I assume, from the sounds of it, you've got a very good relationship with the club circuit. Yes, 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 obviously. Be- yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, no, go ahead. Yeah. No, we, yeah, we, uh, there's one club that uh, produces comedy seven nights a week and has for the last five years or seven years or whatever. And it does it, does it very well. Uh, there are many clubs that only do Thursday, Friday and Saturday or Friday and Saturday. Uh, there are certain clubs that do only the townships, but some that cross over. Mm. So uh, it's, it's a very active industry. And I would and that's and that's Cape Town, Johannesburg. I don't know that well, but it's much. Johannesburg is a huge city. Mm. Uh, Johannesburg and Pretoria are are huge. They're the commercial cities of the of the country. Comedy is very very active there, mm. and the national media, especially television, is up there. So those they have better access to TV than what we do a thousand six hundred kilometers away. The reason I'm questioning it is because you're looking for short 10 12 minute spots. Correct. And I imagine at clubs that's a great place for you to scout for Correct. that sort of thing. So you you go to clubs regularly? I go to clubs on a on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I am uh, contacted by young comics to say I'm interested in being on festival, I'm performing here there whatever. And it's something that I deal with very sensitively because uh, there's no such thing as a bad comic. Mm. There is no such thing as a, uh, there may be, but there's no such thing as a bad comic as such. Mm-hmm. So these these uh, young comics that come to me and said I aspire to be on festival, come and see me and this that whatever. And when I say listen, it's not made for. It's because uh, the makeup of the festival is uh, this year 
is uh, is such, mm. and I've got these com- uh, comics on that complement you, that 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 uh, do what basically you do. Mm. So it's nothing to do with, and I have to explain that each time. But um, listen, comedy is alive and well and living in Cape Town. Mm. It re- in South Africa, mm. really is. Yeah, I always, particularly for the last two three years, I found not taking decisions like that personally really helpful. Because if a, if a festival doesn't want you, or an agent can't no, take no, you, no, or anything no, no, like no. that, there's always another reason. Yeah, uh, and also, uh, this is an industry mm. that attracts sensitive people, yes. and it's an insensitive industry. Oh yeah, that's the problem. So that's a, a problem. Perfectly put. Yes. Yeah. So the result is that these sensitive souls come along, and uh, they deliver their their work, and uh, the industry can be terribly insensitive. Mm. You have to you have to be uh, uh, have a skin like a wetsuit. Mm. Yeah. No, definitely. To definitely. be successful in this, yeah. Completely. Yeah. Last sort of section, I want to just yeah. quickly uh, go over sponsorship stuff. Yeah. Because because that clearly is such a big part of the festival. Yeah. Um, not just financially, but yeah. in terms of they help you market stuff. Correct. They, they help you become part of the scene all year round. Correct. Really. Um, so, so let's, and you can pick whichever one you want, yeah. that maybe is the best example. Yeah. Um, uh, I assume you've got like tiers of sponsors as we well. We do. With that sort of thing. Yeah. So, when you're approaching sponsors, yeah. what's, I mean, now is probably easy. So maybe if we start, maybe if we do one example from early days and one example for now. If you wanted to get your first sponsor today, if you're a festival yeah. and you want to start a new one today, because yeah. there's people that listen to us who do yes. run festivals, yes. what advice would you have for them to approaching a sponsor? Spend money on the presentation. Spend money on your presentation. You have to stand out from the beginning. So marketers generally are executives. Uh, they are busy. Uh, they receive many of such like proposals on a weekly or daily basis, depending on the firm, on the company. So you have to stand out. Give as much information as possible in that, in that uh, proposal, even the amount of money that you're looking for. Because he'll give you an interview on the factors that say, listen, this looks, guy's professional, mm-hmm. looks interesting, and I can afford it. Mm. Those three things are vitally important. You have to get you have to get the interview first. Firstly, secondly. So can I just take yeah. step one? You've made a PowerPoint and you've sent it in. Well done. That's and that, it, that's and it looks shit hot. Yep. And it looks interesting. Yep. And it's and it's affordable to this guy. You've told yep. him basically everything that everything you. He's going to get naming rights. He's going to get this. He's going to yep. get that. He can sell his product at the bars or whatever. Yep. And, okay. and and you'd give like different options so like if you give this amount you're this tier and this is what well you get. done That's exactly that. That. okay exactly that. So, so i'm now the brand i've said yes i love it come in and give come and have it come and have a chat correct how, how would you add to that then you go in and you there'll be questions that he'll want to ask you in that in that proposal you have put in your background mm-hmm. and what you've done before and uh, etc the most important thing that you can tell him is that or that company is that you're going to take a risk on me in putting your name to this festival and I'm going to and I'm taking a bigger risk because the money that you've asked for only covers the overheads your money lies in ticket sales so if mm. you're putting on something that's crap you're not you're gonna make nothing mm-hmm. and he's not gonna come to you again yeah. so result is that be at risk mm. and so when you sit down with the guy tell him exactly and and he wants to know that his market is going to be is going to be uh, influenced by this project, and you you have to do your research and, and show them that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. basically, and then, and uh, then you develop a relationship. Yep. Secondly, thirdly, if it's not mutually beneficial to each other, uh, why the hell are you doing it? Mm-hmm. So I have built my subsidiary sponsors. Mm-hmm. 
on that principle. Mm -hmm. You have to be, uh, uh, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. What's in it for you? Mm -hmm. If it works together, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what the principle is. Yeah. So, so let's, let's your first three sponsors. Yeah. Right. So we'll say after Smirnoff. Yeah. What did you, so you approached them. Yeah. What was the reason you thought they would work with the festival? Because I needed accommodation. Okay. okay. So you approached the hotel. Well done. An individual hotel or a chain? An, an individual hotel. And I hate dealing, uh, okay. this is a personal thing. I hate dealing with, with products right. that are controlled by a board. Okay. A, a, a board of executives, mm -hmm. uh, executives and whatever. Uh, there's some young upstart who's joined the board and he said, what's this thing we're doing in Cape Town comedy? Are you, are you? Ah, waste of money. And with a stroke yep. of a pen, mm -hmm. the sponsorship stopped for somebody who doesn't know its, its yep. impact. So I like dealing with self-made companies that are still run by the owner. And the hotel is such, mm -hmm. and Jive, the cool drink, is identical oh to wow, that. Okay, yeah. So, uh, firstly, and then secondly, um, those were, uh, and then the radio station. Mm -hmm. The radio station, who I find critical to, and the print sponsor, both of them came out. So, I can guarantee my sponsor print mm -hmm. coverage, pre, during, and post. And I can guarantee my radio sponsor, and you, you tell the, the marketer, I'm taking your money, but in the budget, I'm spending print advertising, mm -hmm. I'm spending radio advertising. Mm -hmm. That you've made a deal with the radio station and the print is a different story, mm -hmm. that I pay you one for one, but you're giving me ten. Mm -hmm. So that's the way it's built. But his sponsorship is covered in before you've even started the festival. Yeah. And that's, that's the model it's built on. It's a, it's, a, it's a sort of, the way you do it at least, because I know other sponsors do it slightly a different way. Yeah. The way you do it is more, you've got a quality product, so by association, it's building up their quality product. Over time, that will happen. Yes. Over time, that happens. Yes. If you're successful. Yes. Otherwise, and somehow, all the work that I've done mm -hmm. since we started in 87 mm -hmm. as Eddie Kassar Public Relations, mm -hmm. tenure and, and continuation have been have been key to my success. In other words, uh, very seldom do sponsors leave me, mm -hmm. which is a good sign. Definitely. Yeah. So, so what have been the biggest mistakes you've made or learnt from oh. the, uh, in, mm, in terms of sponsors? Question. That's a difficult question. Possibly not doing your homework enough. As in on the brand itself? On the brand itself, right. not learning, uh, not uh, being a bit silly. My wife tells me that I'm too, um, too hasty Right. When I get an idea, I'd like to I like to run with it, and I should possibly think a bit more. But what have I learned? I've learned that I've learned that the longer the tentacles of a sponsorship grow into the community, the less likely you are to lose that sponsorship mm -hmm. because there's too much to lose. And I get my sponsors on all levels to try and work together. Okay. So the result is that uh, Barons Volkswagen give me cars. And I find during the year that Barons and the, the City Sighting Red Bus are doing a promotion together because they met at my... Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Or the Game Reserve and Barons, uh, Volkswagen, are doing a competition together. Come and service your car during the month of September. And uh, when you come and pick it up, open the cubby hole and there may be you could win tickets to the game reserve so they start yeah. working together so i know that 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 relationship is magnificent mm. you're yeah. you're the hub of those brands well done yeah yeah and 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 at this stage forgive me if i'm wrong 
you can go when you pitch when you have your presentation you can say here are some examples of things that have come out of this exactly that exactly and, and that. you want to be part of my network not just not just a sponsorship there and not only that I, I, uh, before I came here back in Cape Town we did our first marketing workshop with mm. all my sponsors 40 mm. people I tell them what the show is going to consist of, uh, what we're doing differently mm. this year and whatever. And then I challenge them to say, what are you going to do for us? How are you going to use the sponsorship? Because if you don't use it, yeah. what you got it for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so use the sponsorship. And the 17th of, of, of March, St. Patrick's Day, yeah. we have a second workshop. And they tell me how they're going to use it. And they want this as prizes. And they want Trips Up Table Mountain as prizes. And this is what we're doing on air. And this and that, whatever. And then the third workshop, we, I make sure that everything happens. And that's what we do. And hopefully, by the time we open on the 15th of June, we're about 80% sold out. Wow. That's, so yeah. that's the history over the last couple of years. That's what's happened. Because a lot of corporates, it's their, it's their winter. It's their Christmas. Not, well, they're equivalent of their well Christmas. Done. That's, yeah. that's genius. Yeah. 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 So that's what we do. Okay. I'm going to ask you the last quick fire yeah. questions. Um, they're quick for me. You yeah. take as long as you like over them. Um, okay. Who was the first person to believe in you? Who was the first person? My wife. Your wife? She said, do it. Go do it. Do it. So you came to her with the idea for the festival? Uh, well, she, uh, she, well, I, because I've, I've got a big mouth and I talk a lot and she's my sounding board yeah. and she's totally opposite to me and she said, I would go to that. Okay. What is one unpopular opinion you have about the comedy industry? One unpopular thing. I'm, I'm a strange... I'm, I, I can't really answer that question because... I love comedy, I love entertainment, but I am not nitty-gritty in the face of it daily. And there are other comics who, it's their profession, and they've started festivals. I sit, a, I sit outside that. Mm. So where I hear that there, there's envy and jealousy and whatever with other, uh, I, um, we've, been away, we've been around for such a long time, and it's become the icon on the, of, the, of, the, of the industry in Cape Town that I'm just fortunate in that. I, I don't know. I don't know what the... Do you think it works better, you being detached from it in that way? Yes, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, in your particular case. Yes, yeah. in my particular case. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A lot of comedians define themselves as comedians, but they make more money from like writing or script editing or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. How, how, what job title would you say you tell people and what job title would you say actually defines you financially? You know, I have a, my MC is a guy by the name of Alan Committee. He's a magnificent, he's one of the country's top male actors. And you don't make money from, from acting. No. But you do, can make money, good money from... MCing. From MCing. Mm. I'm his... I'm his heroine in the sense that uh, a month of the year he becomes MC. He's mm. damn good at it, uh, but he's an actor. Mm. His heart tells him he's an actor, but he's a damn good comic and what's good. There's another guy who won my competition a couple of years ago. His name is Yasin Barnes, mm. who has become a fantastic scriptwriter. Performs mm. deadpan, yep. but he's become a better scriptwriter. So what was the question? What, what do you? What would? What job title do you tell people you are? Yeah. And what job title would your finances dictate you are? Uh, I am, I am... Um, I'm basically trying to isolate like whether there's a specific thing you do that maybe you're not, you're not keen on, like the admin side or something. No, no, I'm the producer. I'm the producer of the Cape Town Funny Festival, secondary, but I am uh, Eddie Kassar 
of Edicasol Public Relations who puts together the cycle tour, the major horse race in Cape Town, the biggest half marathon, the the biggest half marathon. What else do I? Uh, uh, the biggest whiskey festival. Uh, so I'm, I do some. I do quite a lot of different. I used to do quite a lot of different yeah, yeah. things. So N- knowing knowing what I know about you a little bit, I was surprised yeah. you go to wineries and not a whiskey sort of place. You know, uh, but, uh, correct. Most, because drink? most people Why like because most people prefer wine, wine to whiskey. Okay. So yeah. you, you take them to a winery and you go off to a whiskey. <laughs> Why not? We make great. We make great. South Africa makes great whiskey mm. as well. No, no. Yeah, yeah. And South Africa makes great brandy because of apartheid. Nobody wanted to buy our grapes for forty-six years. They wouldn't buy our grapes. Mm. So the farmers were selling grapes, making wine, and the surplus wine they couldn't sell. They made brandy. So today we have the best fifty, forty, thirty-five-year-old brandy in, in the world. It's, it's fascinating what comes out of. <laughs> <laughs> horrible thing you know what I mean correct. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. what is the biggest mistake you've ever made and how did you overcome it what is the biggest mistake I've ever made possibly hiring an actor I hadn't seen live that got was a Korean magician and she just didn't work on our stage at all and it was just an embarrassing thing Okay. Yeah. What is the biggest misconception people have about either your festival you or South Africa what is the biggest misconception about me or whatever a difficult question i don't know i don't know okay um i can take it out i'm, I'm just i'm just wondering no, no, I, I don't know you know um we are not uh, a traditional comedy festival we are a gala showcase mm. that uh, has got international variety acts and and local stand-ups that puts a hell of a lot of bums on seats possibly my the biggest criticism that would be from the industry is that i don't use enough i don't rotate comics mm-hmm. but what be, I don't rotate local comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's and it's a valid industry, mm-hmm. a valid uh, um, uh, opinion. But at the end of the day, this is what w- for me works. Mm. That's it. Completely. Yeah. Completely. What is the most interesting thing you do that nobody gets to see? Interesting. Most interesting thing I do that nobody gets to see. I think what I do now, going to festivals, scouting. It's Damn difficult. Eh? This uh, the jet lag from Cape Town to Adelaide <laughs> took me three days to get over. Mm. I didn't sleep for three days. So I found myself, uh, and I'm here for a limited time. I'm seeing four shows a day. I'm finding myself dot, uh, nodding off in, in show number two of each day. And yet, it's damn hard work. It mm. really is. It's fascinating, and I meet great people and great acts and mm. folk like you and whatever. This festival is really good at, at mm. making people meet each other. Mm. It's damn tiring. It's damn hard work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you get to a certain age, it, it ain't that easy. Mm, no, yeah. totally. Yeah. Who do you think is the most underrated person in the comedy industry? As a as a person or name? I, I, I keep it as open as possible because it can be, you, you, you know an act that you think, think needs I more think shining. Or it can I be really an- think, I really think there are a couple of guys, a couple of comics in South Africa that are on the brink of making it big time. The world is fascinated by our past mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. we've avoided civil war, uh, sort of got on with, with one another. It's going to take generations. But there are a couple of comics that, that, that cover that period extremely well mm-hmm. is a lady by the name of Tumi Muraki out of Johannesburg that, that one needs to watch. There's a person by the name of Loiso Gola who's uh, who operates out of London. And there's a guy by the name of Sifiso Nene. Oh, magnificent work. There's another guy by the name of Tats Unkondo out of, um, out of the Eastern Cape. Fantastic work. Um, Do they all have stuff online I can link to? Yeah, yeah. you can. Okay, yeah, I'll find them. And then, uh, and then uh, Trevor's just... Mm. Just uh, he's shifted the spotlight, uh, uh, well, onto him, and then to say, where did this guy come from? He's he's, and her, that spotlight will start will start mm. showing up 
these names I've told you. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then there are local guys. There's a guy by the name of Mark Lottring, who is a very great South African comedian, great musical theatre. He's just developed a whole brand around musical theatre. The man's a genius, and uh, he can't walk in the streets of Cape Town in the sense that he... He does, yeah, yeah. and he's very he's very generous with his celebrity, mm. but he's just magnificent. Possibly won't travel as well as Trevor does or whatever, yeah. but these are these are great names. Mm, definitely, yeah. What's one thing you wish? Hold it. Oh, just let me stop you there. Is that our history? Mm. The emancipation of slaves was in mm. 1834 in December. In December 1834, it is celebrated in Cape Town by a carnival called the Minstrels Carnival, where the local folk, and without being derogatory, because being uh, uh, we fascinated with race in South Africa mm. and their whites and their blacks and their Asians and their coloreds. It's not a derogatory word. Colored is they say we're the only locally produced population because it's a mixture between whites who came mm -hmm. and the local black people made brown people. So the result is that the emancipation of slaves in December is celebrated by a carnival of music and dressing up and laughter mm. and songs, traditional songs. And basically these songs sung in the uh, vernacular, but they were all songs mocking the white boss, uh, uh, bosses. Yeah. Humor has always been part of, of the way that people have dealt with adversity of course globally but especially globally yeah, or look at, look at the yeah. Jewish folk yeah, yeah. so in December we have this big carnival in Cape mm. Town and people think it's a festive carnival because it's December mm. it's mm. actually not it was the emancipation of slaves in mm. December the 4th it's just that adversity breeds humour yeah yeah definitely yeah, yeah. And, and, and Cape Town and South Africa's got that yeah, exactly exactly yeah. Yeah. and it, it's it's I think one of the reasons, uh, particularly w like England and, and other yeah. countries, are very fascinated by your past yeah. is because it's sort of a, f a flipped reverse in a lot of ways of ours. Like you said, uh, in particular industry where you were like, oh, well, it's, it's, they're wanting more white comics or more yeah. female. Correct. You know, it's, it's the complete opposite. Correct. And so, and so it's sort of like showing them the... Because the, in comedy, a lot of humour comes out of flipping things. Yes. You know, sort of going, wouldn't it be stupid if it was this way around? Correct. And so it's sort of interesting to see that. Very interesting. Yeah. Very yeah. Interesting. And hence, the reason of Trevor Noah with the rest mm. of the world. Oh, yeah. With underdogs with the rest of the yeah. world, the black population in the States yeah. and uh, the Hispanics. Yeah. And so there is, there is, and I and I use the word novelty in, in a very positive way. I don't mean it in a bad yeah, yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is a novelty to his voice and his, his story and his history in America in particular, which couldn't really be told by anyone else. Very interesting. Do you know? Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll end on two more. Yeah. What's one thing you wish you were better at? <laughs> Thank God. Thank God I've got a wife who's a fantastic financier in finance oh, yeah. and admin because I can do it, but I'm not good at it. Yeah, I said. That's it. I, I hate it. I, hate <laughs> it. I, I, think, I think I like crossing things off lists. That's yeah. it. But I'm not very good at it. Um, what it I'll tell you, I'm going to do one last extra yeah. one because I want to know your answer to this. What is one disadvantage of being you? Success for me has come late in life. I would have, uh, I would have loved to have done an Adelaide or an Edinburgh in Cape Town. And so, what is the disadvantage? My age. Okay. <laughs> That's. I've, I think everyone would have liked to start ten years sooner. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. And have the have the the uh, the knowledge that we have. Yeah. Now, but now, younger. But yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And the. And the confidence that you bring to sponsors yes. on this level, all that nonsense, which takes time oh, to, it does, to build it up. Does. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What's one bit of advice you would give to anyone who wants to apply to your festival? Don't be, uh, don't, don't be upset if I say no. Okay. You go into a file, and it's not file 13, <laughs> um, that I always look at. Yeah, yeah. When thinking of, of uh, future festivals, uh, and just go back to the... Uh, 
12 minutes of high impact, funny, uh, something totally different is what I'm looking at when I talk about international variety. Amazing. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Simon. That was Eddie. Hearing about how South Africa's past, including apartheid, has impacted their present, and out of it has come some real positives, including outstanding comedy that really punches up, was fantastic and really interesting, and really made my day when I was out in Australia. I loved learning about the festival, and I found the structure of it really interesting. Imagine doing 10 to 12 minutes a night, and then getting taken around a ton of exciting and interesting tourists and landmarks during the day. Like... And then, and then having your hotel sorted as well, right on the beach. Like, imagine that being the, the festival you do, rather than having to run around and fly for hours. What a beautiful concept and idea that really puts performers first. And, and just, it was amazing. I really found it a, an interesting thing to, to dive into and hear how it became such an important part of the zeitgeist of the country, but also in Cape Town. I can only dream of doing that because I am not family friendly. And I can also only dream of it because I'm in quarantine and I'm sure you are too how are you doing not going insane I hope that everything's fine at your end uh, if you would like to drop me a line and chat about anything uh, to do with the podcast my email is in the show notes and you can send me through some suggested guests I'm going to be doing I'm going to be doing a bunch of podcasts over Skype in the next couple of weeks and if you would like to get your questions asked to the influential people then you can do that via the Facebook group um, please do join it's called RC Industry Podcast and it's on Facebook obviously as I mentioned I can't go out i can't gig and so my income has been dramatically slashed so if you would like to donate there is a link in the show notes you can do it via coffee paypal or become a patron of the podcast from one dollar one dollar is really not that much i am aware if you are broke do not even think about donating because i don't want anyone going into debt to support the show but if you have a job or a day job that you are able to still continue to do in this very uncertain and scary time i would massively appreciate a donation i'm assuming this is keeping you company while you sit at home um, trying to avoid doing any work and worrying about the end of the world. So if it is offering your entertainment life anything, I would really appreciate any and all money that you could throw my way. I've also got a new podcast called Quarantine. Uh, It's called Simon Kane Quarantine, but whatever. It's linked below in the show notes. You can find it on iTunes and Spotify and all the other places. If you want to hear a bit of um, positive chatter from someone who can't go out and can't do much, that's that's the next place of doing it. They're quite bite-sized, a sort of 20 to 30 minutes at most so uh yeah if, if you want some background noise or just to talk about some stuff that's in the news or things that are happening that's that's the best place to get it if you've enjoyed this episode and you want more episodes from comedy festivals you can find loads in the backlog of the podcast including the edinburgh fringe hastings camden adelaide uh, there's loads there's loads if you're looking at getting into the currently non-existent comedy festival circuit there are tons of episodes to be getting onto and to research for when the festival circuit comes back at some point in the next 10 years i have no idea when we'll get work again the ask the industry podcast is a fruit that got in gravity's way production for the internet all elements were created by me comedian simon kane thank you very much for listening thank you very much for subscribing and thank you very much for rating and donating if you do i'll see you all in about 14 days time bye 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.